Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, I am joined by Isaac Farley, SEG Digital Publications Manager and the co host of Undersampled Radio, Graham Gansley and Matt Hall. Undersampled Radio is a podcast that talks science, tech, oil, business, politics, and more. Graham is president and owner of Sandstone Oil and Gas based in New Orleans. Matt helps lead Agile Scientific based in Mahone Bay, Canada. You can find links to their podcast, social media, and companies at seg.org slash podcast. Isaac and I joined them to discuss communicating geoscience, learning in the 21st century, and modern geoscience skills. We started our conversation talking about the role of in-person meetings, the recently completed virtual course by Sven Tritel and Enders Robinson, and the future of geoscience learning. We join that conversation next. Is this the new GeoSciCom mode? Is this the most uh, useful format to people in person, face to face instruction? I think it just depends. I, I mean, you know, for me, I, I'm going to a conference later this year. It's it's not about uh, geophysics or geoscience. It's just about leadership training, and I'm going to to Canada, be up in your neck of the woods, uh, Matt. But um, <clears throat> I, I don't think that I can replace that networking opportunity that's there uh, to meet people and connect. But we, but SEG and other uh, societies have an opportunity to fill this space, like with Sven and Ender's course. Um, as as we will talk about probably later in the show, one of the first things to get cut in downtimes is training uh, and travel. So SEG is looking to occupy that space a little more than we have in the past. And so we're excited about this, this workshop with Sven and, and Enders and partnering with GSH to do that. Yeah, cool. I mean, it, w- we've had a lot of questions about, you know, are we putting our Python course online and um, a friend of mine in France, I'll try and look up this, uh, the link because he's either the founder of or been instrumental in setting up an online training environment for geoscience that I can't remember the name of right now. Um, Greg Samways, he's called. But, you know, and he's been saying, hey, do you guys want to put a course on my platform? Um, And I kind of really like the idea of it, but I'm afraid of the amount of work involved. (laughs) And for such a sort of unsure, you know, revenue, essentially, at the end of it, like, is you know, it, are people ready to consume online training in enough quantity that it actually paid? Like, I understand if you're lynda.com and you can make a video about Photoshop and, you know, 100,000 people are going to watch that video. But if you're the SEG or Agile or someone offering highly specialized uh, niche technical training, are the sort of, what? what's the audience, right? It's like... 500, maybe 5,000 people, absolute tops over the lifetime of the video. Do you you guys collecting data on that sort of thing? Do you have feel like SEG has an idea of how that's going to go? Is the price, like the price point for the Enders uh, Robinson Sven Tritel thing is like 400 bucks or something. Like, is that the price point? I'll, you know, those decisions are made by our counterparts here at SEG. So I'll do my best to talk about it. Um, I think that, you, you know, those decisions are made now, today. So while this, while a, a, a course with Sven and Enders may not have worked two or three years ago, or for that matter, may not work four or five years ago, or four, four or five years into the future, it, I think it'll work today. 
uh, for those reasons that I talked about. I think that, that they've, you know, Sven and Enders are, like you said, they're pioneers in the science. They have this energy about them. Uh, you know, when I, 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 we have this opportunity to talk to Sven every other week. We're working on a project with him right now. And I just walk out of, walk out of that, uh, interaction with us, you know, a skip. I'm, I'm excited, uh, for that, for that, uh, opportunity. And I think others will be too. So I think, uh, you know, SEG did a good thing by, uh, and GSH for that matter did a good thing in partnering on this, uh, to identify two people who will have a big draw for something that has a wide appeal. So I think that we're, you know, SEG is still trying to dip our toes into that water. We've been, we've been talking about this and talking about this. And it's not the first time we've done an online offering, but we see an opportunity to grow there. Uh, and, and now is a good time to do that. I interviewed Johannes Duma yesterday, who is vice chair of the Emerging Professionals International Committee, I believe it stands for, which is essentially the Young Professionals Committee group of people at SEG. And one of the things, one of the major things he thought the society should offer someone like the Emerging Professionals is connection to senior geophysicists. And this is a way to be able to provide that to young professionals in a setting that if you are in an office setting, you can maybe get away for half a day, you could you just have to get online. You don't have to get down to Houston. So I think this is a way that we're trying to connect the senior leadership and senior professionals and senior geophysicists in our organization with with others who want want to hear from them and want to learn from them in this setting that might be more beneficial. Plus, it's recorded, so you can just go back to it and be able to see it on your own time as well. So it, it creates a, a long-term impact that it can have as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a thought just struck me while you were describing that, you know, um, that request, if you like. And I just wondered, do you think any, you know, quote unquote, senior geophysicist has ever said, how can I get more access to the young people in this organization? <laughs> I, I know. I, I, uh, I mean, I know you're, you're saying that kind of jokingly. I've had geophysicists say that to me. You know, they're at the point of their career where they're saying, I want to give back. Okay, that's what. That, okay, I get that, but that's not what I meant. I meant um, because uh, <laughs> you know, how can I uh, get insight or um, enthusiasm or encouragement from the younger people? Because because there's something I need, not because I want to give them like, right, right. Well, I think you know, you had Lindsay Hagee on a few episodes ago, and I think Doug Oldenburg recognizes that. You know, we've we've talked with Doug. Yes about his course and he recognizes that Lindsay and Soggy and those those other those other young uh, geoscientists who are part of that they have skills that he maybe doesn't so uh he's been smart enough and wise enough to say hey let's let's grow this thing um and I'll I'll lean on you and you can lean on me and we'll create this really great thing yeah you know you're right that's a great example actually that's a perfect example i wish that more, i would i would agree with you i wish that more people in all fields would see that opportunity to connect. So Matt, how are you, how is your connection with the new geophysicists of the world going? I mean, you, you guys offer courses and you, but you have a lot of material that is sort of pervasive online. I mean, you have a blog, you have videos, you blah, 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 all these things. Do you think that that, um, interaction is, is helping the young geophysicists of the world? Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I hope so. Um, but you know, <laughs> it's, uh, do you get feedback? Um, you know, yeah, I get, uh, lots of emails and so not all of them are asking for jobs. Um, 
<laughs> not asking for jobs, but asking about jobs. Um, I mean, certainly I, re- I absolutely relish, and, and maybe you didn't expect to either, but I absolutely relish w- when we get uh, the groups of students from like University of Leeds last year in Vienna, Colorado School of Mines um, in New Orleans and Denver, and they come to the hackathons because they absolutely blow everybody away with their level of energy and skill <laughs> sort of just like just raw kind of ability to get things right away and do stuff really quickly um and i i love that and i feel like that was eye-opening for everyone not just me but yeah i i'd love to get more young people involved um even in things like the blog you know we we thought maybe we'd have a lot more guest posts at the beginning but it's just not something I've paid a lot of attention to figuring out how to manage that. Um, the wiki as well was a really difficult experiment because of the, the trouble with spam basically uh, means that you can't have a completely open wiki or it's very difficult to. Um, yeah, so I, it's an open problem, I think. But but I think I think SEG is definitely, with things like the, um, the Challenge Bowl, uh, the stuff you guys are doing, you two are doing around the wiki, um, the you know poster awards especially, but also talk awards and student awards that SCG does. I mean, all that stuff helps bring that stuff to the surface. And like, there's a there's a special award for young professionals. I can't remember the name of it. Clarence Karcher, is it? Um, the, you know, I think all that stuff is really important and resonates through the whole community. No, guys, I, I would say that uh, on a different level, SEG provides these opportunities for young professionals, not only to learn from senior geophysicist types, but also learn in an environment which isn't which small companies are not capable of providing. Right. So like doing workshops and doing courses in person is such an amazing opportunity for everybody, young professional or not. Um, I just I worry a bit that uh, it's the the in-person stuff is uh, is too fleeting. Um, and so you guys are doing webinars. This data is archived. Um, h- how does the SEG attempt to um, extend the life cycle of some of that invaluable information that you guys are recording? I think I, one of the things that we've been working on lately is making it easier to find. So we have... Uh, Jeff Johnson, who's a geophysicist that we're we're working with, who developed the competency management system at SEG, uh, which is a benefit to members. One of the ways that that is broken up is into 12 different types of categories that range from geophysical skills, but can be kind of more uh, more broad, like computer skills, let's say. I mean, Matt's talked about Python, and, and that's something that comes up frequently in the show. So there's a way that you can you can sort of assess where you are at as a geophysicist and then get pointed to the resources that SEG has and some other organizations have to figure out how you can improve those skills. So I think in that sense, it, it helps elongate that material. You know, in my, in my feeling, it's a lot, it's mainly just figuring out what is available and what is out there. You know, I'm amazed at how many people don't know about lynda.com. And for a lot of people, like in, it's this way in Tulsa, we can get it for free through our library. You know, there's all these amazing resources to learn things. You just have to, to be aware of it. So I think kind of going back full circle to what we're talking about, Isaac and a few other people in, in IT and, and web content, 
have been working at creating smaller, you know, around 12 to 14, 16 categories of geophysical content that we can put our information in. So if you are going to our website, you can specifically look for something you are looking for if you're trying to improve XYZ on your topics and then list out what we have available. So it's making it a little easier to navigate. It's making it a little bit easier to find. So I think those are kinds of the things that we're doing. I mean, we're trying to recruit different content where we feel like we need to add to it to our to our library but you know we have a pretty extensive cat extensive uh, list of workshops and courses and different things now so i think we're trying to make it easier to access make people aware we're you know isaac was telling me the other day he thinks a lot of people still don't know a lot about the seg wiki so you know i think you know the whole what we're talking about here is communicating geoscience i think we're trying to figure out the best way to let people know the resources that SEG has. And I, I think we have a long way to go in that. But I think even just getting to that point where the majority of our members know what we have would be a huge boost to getting more people looking at our courses, looking at the wiki and engaging with the society as a whole. So you can find the wiki at wiki.seg.org. Is that right? That is correct. And you should do it. If you've never done it, it is awesome. There's a ton of resources up there. So Matt, in your in your uh, army crawling around the office time, <laughs> we've been talking about how to make material more ex- educational material more accessible and more uh, temporally pervasive by doing online recordings and webinars and podcasts and videos and things. Um, this all ties into the the thing we were talking about last week with Flynn, which was. Um, in our case, personal branding, and in the SEG's case, uh, corporate-ish branding. Um, but the brand is one of information uh, dissemination and being helpful to your members and the external community. Um, so Matt does this in part by teaching courses and hosting a blog and doing all this stuff. Um, can we, what, what are some bullet points other than doing the courses? We know you have a podcast, um, that, that are outreach to the community from SEG. Uh, I think that one, you know, our social media presence has not always been as strong as I would like it to be. And so <laughs> we have a really, we've, we, in the last year, year and a half, we've hired a marketing director who's just amazing, Beth Donica. And I'm really excited about the kind of the transformation that's happening in our marketing and graphics team. So I think social media is one place to connect with us, <clears throat> LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, um, volunteer opportunities is something that, that, uh, we're always really excited about. Um, you know, we, right now we we talked about the wiki, we talked about Sven Tritel, but we didn't mention ex- explicitly what's happening that I'm really excited about is we have geophysicists from all, you know, we've got Sven Tritel all the way down to college students who are translating our number one book into Spanish. And it's all a volunteer led thing. And they're doing great work. The quality is top notch and they're doing it faster than any of us could have ever conceived for free. So <laughs> they're really extending our resources on the wiki. Um, you know, any Spanish speaking, uh, geophysicist had to learn English before they could learn, ge- completely learn geophysics. So, you know, that resonates with them. That's, that's a powerful thing. So I think for us to connect 
our volunteers and the community to one another for projects that make an impact uh, is really important. And Andrew talked about this podcast working on Geoscientists Without Borders. There's an opportunity for people to, to participate in that, uh, that program, connect with that program, give to that program. And then we have all of our uh, journals um, and books that people can read and publish in as well. I don't, what did I miss, Andrew? Surely many things. That's a good list. Okay. Very cool. Um, so I, I actually forgot to ask you this question 10 minutes ago. You mentioned, you mentioned Python comes up a lot on the show. How's that? I mean, Matt was kind of the first person when I initially started here to turn me on to Python. And, and in terms of the wiki, you know, bots are generally created with Python or can be created with Python. And that's kind of what I had decided to learn to to create those bots and, and u- utilize that skill set on the wiki. We've gone to a few hackathons with Matt and, and his in Agile. And I, I guess I'm kind of, and I, I thought this when we interviewed, you know, Doug and Lindsay and Sagi, you know, I mean, they're using more advanced coding. I guess kind of what I meant is that now geophysicists is more than just the knowledge of the science itself. There are these computer skills that seem to me anyway from the outside looking in to be essential now. So I, you know, I think that is something that you all talk about and certainly on Matt's blog, it gets addressed, you know, fairly frequently. And I, you know, I, so I see that as an important aspect of developing the geophysicist skill set and just kind of wanted to highlight that in something like the SEG CMS that that's even getting acknowledged there that these computer skills are becoming a essential toolkit for the geophysicists. That's interesting. So how, uh, I like the idea that, uh, the, the language of science is now in blended with the computer language, right? So um, there are quite a few SEG courses and uh, notebooks and textbooks and things about geophysical theory. So is there some way or is there some resource the SEG has for young geoscientists to learn computer skills too? Not as much as we would like, I guess, is the is the best answer we can give you. But as, as Matt was kind of alluding to, you know, I I don't know if SEG itself needs to create all of these things from scratch. You know, I learned a lot about computer science and Python through Udacity. I learned it through a, a pretty good book that I'm totally blinking on the name right now, but it's a pretty popular book that's available for for free on the web. Uh, that's just a great great book about learning Python. So you know, I I don't know if and, you know, and there's so many codes. I, I think Lindsay uh, and Sagi were working a lot with Lua. You know, there's just different things that are popping up. The wiki uses Lua. Um, there's another, I forget the name, Matt. You would probably know a new coding language that's kind of coming up that is pretty popular as well. Julia, probably. Yeah, there's just so many things coming out, you know, and, and so many good resources on the web. I think some of the stuff on the CMS, on SEG, we do point to other organizations as well. You know, we're not creating everything. We are the applied geophysicist organization. So I think we want to focus on creating content around the science of applied geophysics, but acknowledging that there are other important toolkits for the geophysicist as well to succeed in his or her career. Nice. Yeah. Keep a specialized focus on geophysics. Matt, where do you point people to go learn computer stuffs? 
Um, yeah, it's tricky actually because you know, somewhat ironically, because there's so much, there's so many resources for learning to code. It's sort of hard to figure out which one, you know, where you should actually go. Um, I mean, maybe it doesn't matter. I've, I've never seen a sort of thorough survey of all these different um, outlets. Um, like Andrew, I had a really positive experience with Udacity, um, probably five or six years ago now. Um, the Computer Science 101 is fantastic. It's taught by David Evans. It's absolute back to basics. It's Python all the way through. Um, but you're, not, you, you're building a, I uh, don't think you actually deploy a web application, but you're building a blog, you know, as part of, I mean, the me, you may even have a wiki in there, I think, as one of the assignments. Um, you know, you're building these sorts of web applications um, in the course. So they're real um, kind of, it, you're building real code kind of thing. Uh, the CS253 is also really fantastic from Udacity. Um, that's taught by uh, Steve Huffman, who uh, who wrote Reddit. Um, so it, what's fascinating about that one is he sort of it's intertwined. Like the computer science is intertwined. Um, well, I shouldn't say computer science. It's really software engineering. It's much more kind of uh, practical applied stuff than the one hundred and one. Um, but in, intertwined in there is all his experiences with starting up Reddit. Like they had some catastrophic uh, security breaches and stuff like that. So you get to hear these kind of uh, war stories, which is which is fun and interesting. And that is all deploying actual live web apps. Um, so that I, you know, I've said before on the blog that it's not too much of a stretch to say that those two courses changed my life. I mean, they changed my professional life and they changed my outlook on science and uh, how I could contribute to it. So, I mean, they had a profound effect on me. Uh, books, I've never got on that well with books and coding, partly because they just they just go stale so so quickly. Um, but there are, there's a, a, a couple of standouts, like I think I've said before, if I was going to buy one, I'd get the um, something like uh, computational physics or something. It's one of the O'Reilly books. It's by, um, oh God, uh, I can't remember. Huff and Scopatz. Scopatz and Huff. Um, S-C-O-P-A-T-Z. Anyway, that it's really good because it's totally general. So it's got not just Python, it's got Bash and scripting and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, I think... You know, I think um, SCG's right, you know, you guys are right to sort of say, no, no, we don't need to be like the place for a person to go learn to code. That's not really what SCG's about. But SCG would be kind of uh, failing its membership if it didn't if it didn't do something, you know. So, so you guys are publishing the tutorials, which are pretty code heavy. Um, there's all this... Uh, I think you could do more potentially around open code and emphasizing reproducibility personally. Um, but just, you know, helping point people in the right direction is it's one of those things where I feel like you, there's sort of no one answer, right? Some people need to read stuff. Some people need to do stuff. Some people need a course. Other people just need a nudge now and again. It, you've got to do a bit of everything. It's, it's the frustration for the, modern content producer I think is like 
there are so many ways to be helpful and useful, like we talked about before. Um, I, I don't know if it's best to pick one and go at it or pick lots. Uh, I tend to pick lots. I think SEG is a sort of an organization that it is probably can't choose either. It probably has to offer a bit of everything to these different audience segments or whatever you want to call them. It's tough, right? I mean, you don't you don't want to be too thinly spread, but I mean, how does SCG decide what to focus on? Because at the end of the day, you've got a limited budget. Well, I think it, you're right. Absolutely, we're constrained. You know, when you when you talk about a downturn, that not only constrains the industry, but it constrains the societies that serve the industry as well. Um, but I think that one thing that we serve you. So we serve our members. So if, if there's something that we're deficient in or that needs growth, let us hear it. You know, join the TLE editorial board. Get on, get on with your colleagues on geophysics and, and let your voice be heard. You know, uh, contact our peers on staff and, and let, let us know that we're, you know, let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what we're, what we could improve. And, I think that uh, I, I speak for myself and others that we listen to that stuff and we take it seriously. I mean, one of the reasons that the podcast, I, I think, has a successful future at the SEG is because I, I think it's connecting in ways with, with our members and with geophysicists that the other some of the other things that we have don't quite connect. Uh, you all do a lot of field work where you don't have access to Internet or consistent Internet. You do a lot of lab work. You know, some of the initial feedback we received from people with the podcast was they loved being able to download the podcast and then just put their headphones on and listen while they were doing other things. So it's a way that they can connect to the society and learn about geophysics in a way that works within their already professional workflow. And, and you know, as a student, if you're doing a bunch of reading or just doing a bunch of work, you know, you can pop in, pop in a podcast and listen. So I think it's a way that, that you can learn about the society in a different way that meets the realities of your job and the realities of your day to day. So I think, that's other ways that we're trying to figure out through SEG how we can connect to people. The wiki is kind of another one of those things where it allows people, if you if you remember a chapter in Osiel Maz's seismic data analysis where he talked about a specific thing you want to learn, well, maybe you don't want to pull out the two-volume from the bookshelf, but you could go to wiki.seg.org, even on your phone, and just go maybe just type it in the search bar, and then you'll get the chapter right there in the wiki. So it's kind of another way that we are connecting the knowledge and, and the tools that we already have in ways that the current geophysicist is using to access them. Yeah, I imagine a huge amount of your traffic is probably mobile. I bet it's more than half. I don't know that it's cracked uh, half, but okay. uh, it's okay. significant, yeah. And we've and we've given them a lot of love on this on this episode. And, and as we said, you interviewed Lindsay. We've interviewed Doug, Lindsay, and Soggy. But I think the the latest distinguished instructor short course is a great example of that. Well, I mean, that's all about to some extent coding using kind of new tools to get the science out there. This was I don't know if it was the first, but one of the first that doesn't actually have a book along first. with it, just a website and an mm -hmm. ongoing website where anyone can add case studies and, and add to it. They added a lab on the second day, which hasn't been done before. So, uh -huh. I mean, SEG is trying to figure out ways to connect with the realities of the modern geophysicist. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, really interesting how they've uh, sort of implemented that. And I know they're big fans of sort of, you know, multiple 
uh, interactive examples that, that you can kind of tweak and um, the interaction is so important and these little simple models are so important for sort of honing your intuition, right, about geophysics and like, oh, if this changes, then that happens. Um, and, I, and I feel like the, so those are, those are, so that introduces quite a bit of overhead. If you're talking about, you know, how do we build more interactive content or like on the web or in video or courses or whatever, it's like, whoa, suddenly I have to, I have to like code stuff up and there's a whole library behind their stuff that you, you know, most people probably aren't even aware of, but I mean, it's years of productivity, right? Um, and and, I, and I, so I feel like the internet, when it's faced with, you know, if you look at a project, an ambitious project like Wikipedia, when it's faced with, oh my God, this is so much work, this is gonna take forever, it just goes, well, hang on a minute, there's, well, maybe not six, or seven billion people, but we've got hundreds of thousands of people that want to see this happen. How about we just let them do it? But in my experience, corporations especially, but and but SEG as well to some extent, and not just SEG, but technical societies. In fact, I'd put SEG at the uh, awesome end of the spectrum of this uh, what this effect that I'm describing. But I've worked, you know, with uh, SPE and APG, and they're definitely in other parts of the spectrum, um, where they worry a lot about quality control and oh, you know, if we if we let random people on the internet essentially uh, do these things, they'll they'll be rubbish, <laughs> and, and and we'll be to blame, kind of thing. But I feel like that kind of misses the point of how how people engage with online content, especially when it was peer produced. And that's clear, like on the wiki, for example. I don't think anyone looks at an article on the wiki and says, wow, this is a bit thin or isn't very good or that seems to be inaccurate. SEG is terrible. You know, that's not the sort of leap you make. <laughs> you might go, I guess this page isn't very useful. Um, you might say... I wish the person who wrote it had taken a bit more care or something, but I don't think you go to that sort of other extreme. If you're awesome, you go, wow, I can fix this, and, and you go edit it. <laughs> like, that's the that's the correct response. But um, anyway, I just wanted to sort of commend SEG on the relinquishment of control on the wiki is sort of remarkable for a technical society that does worry rightly about QC. I, I would just encourage... Just everyone, too, if they're thinking about this as well, that in in my experience working on the wiki now for a little over three years, I would I would say almost everyone, everyone that has contributed to the wiki wants to do a good job. They want to yeah. produce something that is, that lives up to the SEG name. They're aware that they're producing something for the SEG wiki. But I think even more than that, they they are all professionals and they, they want to produce something that other people will find useful, that other people will learn something from. We've had people that develop, we have a, a lot of our people develop stuff in Microsoft Word documents first and then send it to other people to get reviewed. Uh, Matt, you're on the wiki committee. We get uh, some of our new volunteers have wanted people to, to review on the wiki committee what they're working on. Uh, but even if they just go right in and just edit, they see something wrong and edit it right away, they want to do a good job. And nobody, they just, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to have something not useful. They they care about what they're producing. And I think that's important to remember, you know, especially as a professional society, I think we're uniquely situated with this, that we are engaging with professionals and scientists and researchers, and they want to do a good job and they want to be helpful 
and the wiki is a, a great way to do that. I've, you know, just the other day, Raul in Sheriff's Dictionary, one of our Raul Kova, who's a, a PhD student or uh, at University of Calgary, you know, he, he realized that Shepherd's Cane was attributed to the wrong person in Robert Sheriff's Dictionary in the fourth edition and was able to fix it on the wiki. And, and that has happened more than once uh, throughout that. So it's just uh, and also a unique way to be able to improve upon what has come before. Uh, but they want to do a good job, and these volunteers care about doing a good job, and that's been my case every time. Yeah, I, I feel like what I, I, well, this is a, I haven't thought this through, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, I think sometimes there's a perception that inviting contributions from a broader array of people than we normally do, right? And this goes for anything like. Um, you know, let's say when you're setting up a panel discussion, say, that's one of the occasions where there's always uh, or very often criticism that, oh, here's, you know, five old white guys and it's the same people over and over again and so on. Um, I, I, you know, I think there's a tendency for lots of things to operate like that. Committees, um any appeal for content and contributions there's a tendency to go that way and the the point is that lowering the barriers to entry and making it easier for people to contribute and get involved is not the same thing as lowering the bar like it's not the same thing as sort of just sort of relinquishing control of quality and hope of anything good kind of thing because all sorts of other effects that are highly non-linear and unintuitive and not expected kick in, like the raising of aspirations from the contributors and the more eyeballs, the all bugs are shallow uh, with many eyeballs kind of effect where you find mistakes in even in stuff like Sheriff. You know, and like SPE is not going to tell me JPT content is awesome. There's no mistakes in there. I mean, of course there are, and of course there's chaff in there. There's also marketing rubbish and stuff that's totally unfounded and unreproducible, right? So I feel like as a technical discipline where there's a, a tendency to sort of want to say, no, no, it has to be right and good and true, and awesome people have to have stamped it we freak out a little bit, I think, when we talk about, you know, getting getting a broader set of contributions. It's awesome. I mean, the wisdom of the crowd, you know, is always the most powerful thing, right? Um, how, so how do we... The, the wiki, SEG wiki is awesome, as Matt says. I mean, it's a, it's a great way that this is happening right now. Are there any other... Uh, how else does SEG facilitate um, sort of member-to-member communication on a professional level and then and also sort of on a instructor's level? I, I just want to – I'll let Isaac answer that. He hasn't talked in a while. I just wanted to second something from Matt, though, that I have definitely seen in the wiki especially, but other volunteer projects we, we do here, and that's the – when you when you bring people in the way that they then connect to the society and feel like just that the way that I feel like you'll connect fans for life 
is an important aspect when you get them engaged. I think the volunteers on the Spanish project, you know, they're all Spanish, native Spanish speaking, and not all of them are SEG members to start with. So we're already connecting to a, a better group of people connecting to the SEG, but they're finding it so meaningful to create something that would have benefited them coming up. And now they get to create something that, that they can pass on to people for generations to come and learn geophysics in their own in their own language before moving into the field. And that's really meaningful to them. And I think we're creating people that probably for the rest of their life will talk about SEG, at least in this way, in a very positive light. And I, I think that's really important. The first podcast we had was Women in Geoscience. And we made a call mostly to young young students, students and young professionals that you could ask Sally Zinke a question. And the response from them was wonderful. And I you know, we've had several of those people since that asked a question to Sally, and this was, I don't know, two years ago or something at this point, joined the wiki committee recently. You know, they're, they've now engaged with SEG, and I think because we asked them, because they got their question answered by Sally, because we, we wanted to hear from them, I think creating opportunities to volunteer and to make a difference in the society creates people that will stick around for the long haul, and I think that's an important thing as a society to remember uh, and the wiki is a nice thing because they can contribute and the podcast, they can contribute. They hear their voice. I think those things are essential for a society to grow. Absolutely. Uh, I think Andrew kind of answered your question, <laughs> Graham. Yeah. Uh, I think when we do our job well and, you know, we have our good days and our bad, there's definitely things that we can uh, do to improve the services we provide to our members. But when we do our job well, we, we make those connections. We are thinking intentionally about how we can connect uh, you know, the, the experienced geophysicist with the, the young emerging geophysicist so that they both can learn and grow and take the science to the next level. Um, whether that's with, through volunteer opportunities like Andrew mentioned, or whether that's through our annual meeting or workshops. I mean, I think that again, when we, when we are, when we put that first in our problem solving is when we get the best results. We don't always do that, but when we do, we get the best results. And, I think that's the best answer I can give you on that. I, you know, I think there are some different, I think there are some things out there other than the wiki that we're doing and kind of experimenting with that we think can make those connections. Um, one thing that's new is, is a service called Kudos, which allows authors to share uh, their information in a plain English description. So oftentimes the research oh. that you read, I'm not a geophysicist. We should have said this an hour ago, but we're, we're not, Andrew and I are not geophysicists. <laughs> if that wasn't clear to you uh, already. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, oftentimes when I'm reading the research, it's over my head and uh, I have to, I have to take a step back and say, what is this about? Why is it important? Why should I read it? Or why should I try to read it, sift through it? And, you know, a lot, a lot of the public does that as well. And your peers do it as well. So it's a service to to make that to, to basically create a box that allows authors to to tell us why the work is important, why sh why we should read it, and then it allows them to easily share that on social media. You can do that now, but what I like about this service is that it allows uh, you to see the results of of what you've done on social media. So uh, there's a thing called an alt metric score. I'm not sure that everybody's familiar with that, but it's basically an alternative way uh, to to get a number associated with how popular or how far your, the reach of your work has, has spread. And so uh, SCG rolled this out at the start of the year. Um, I've written an article about it for State of the Net, which is something I write ongoing in, in the Leading Edge magazine. 
my colleagues wrote something about it for interpretation. It just was published last week. So uh, we're always trying to find these new uh, kind of emerging technologies uh, that we can grab onto that that helps our members. And uh, you know, Matt, you wrote me uh, probably two months ago and asked me about publons. And I said, well, I've heard of Publons, but are we doing Publons? I went back to our team and they said, yeah, we, we rolled out Publons. It's, it goes back to what Andrew was saying. We just didn't do a very good job of communicating that we were using Publons. So <laughs> we went back to the drawing board and said, hey, we need to use our, our outlets that we have to, to kind of spread this word better than we've done. Uh, Do you want to just mention what Publons is? Because it's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's a system to allow... Uh, people to claim their peer review and to, to kind of sign off on the peer review that other people have done. I don't know if that's too simple a, a definition, Matt, but uh, that's my understanding of what, what Publons yeah, is. It's, yeah, sort of a way to, for, uh, you know, from a reviewer's point of view, to put your review on the, on the web out there. And yeah, um, but for a bit more sort of transparency. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it'd be really interesting actually to see a sort of... Uh, open publishing uh, opens not really the word i mean um uh, like the evolution of scientific publishing you know from scg's perspective it would be fun to have a workshop or something like that at the annual meeting uh, or online or something because you know you guys are in kind of a cool position because um you know you guys are sort of all about the online and digital side of things but what's cool about you two is uh, or one of the things that's cool about you two is that you do uh, try to bring some of that into kind of meet space at the annual meeting as well with like the uh, the, the wikithon and so on which i think you're carrying on right this year yeah which is which is cool because you know it didn't exactly get off to an auspicious start and weaker souls might have sort of said oh screw this <laughs> you know but um i love that you, i love that you're uh, committed to it and which i think is absolutely what it takes i mean when i look at that the hackathon you know this is the seventh one we've done and it's the first one where i haven't been begging you know and uh, that that's just how it goes i think it just takes things take time uh, good things take time um so yeah, uh, but uh, what was I going to ask about? Oh, so I think that would be a fun conversation to have just about, you know, get all the reviewers to come along and the editors and associate editors and chat about what are these tools and invite people to, uh, you know, what, what does it mean to publish a reproducible paper and put your code out there? What does it mean to put your stuff on Publons? Um, what is an ORCID and why should I have an ORCID uh, attached to my name? Um, who cares? And that kind of thing. Um, but I was also going to ask about Dora. Do you guys know anything about Dora? The... The Explorer? Dora, no, it's the, uh, the San, Francisco, San Francisco Declaration on Research Assessment that every, everybody's all excited about at the moment. So some big institutions, uh, most notably on my radar recently, just because of the kind of people I hang out with on Twitter, were Imperial College London, uh, you know, one of the sort of world's top research institutions and nature uh, of all publications signing up to this document that essentially tries to, um, well, promote um, altmetrics and simultaneously and sort of consequently demote impact factor in particular as a, as a measure of, you know, quote-unquote success and um anyway i just wondered if seg had 
what if there were directions there or what was on the horizon for you guys when it comes to that world and you I, the outmetrics was the trigger so you guys only have we started with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about how about i uh, follow up with you on that uh afterward I, th- I i think we may be working on something related to dora but i i just don't i just don't know how to talk about oh, okay it. maybe not dora specifically but um you know do you, do you think because it's it's not just like you say right i guess what i'm getting at is it's a two-sided thing like the publishers need to be on board and the researchers and authors and reviewers and associate editors that the members essentially need educating i mean a lot of people don't don't know what impact factor is um or why journals care about it or even how journals are published do you know what i mean i feel like there's a lot of i mean i read stuff from the kind of really aggressive open access advocates um as well that's completely naive about how publishing happens and you know there's a lot of ire directed at Elsevier in particular but also Wiley and others um some of which is justified because they do make a large amount of profit um but but the model is broadly similar to the one that technical societies use you know um in that it's commercial and i feel like it's unfair to direct the same kind of criticism at those organizations because they don't make billions and billions of dollars um and to think that all that stuff can happen all the stuff that they do like around marketing and getting stuff into libraries and copy editing and proofreading and typesetting to think that that stuff happens for free is crazy so anyway that's just a very very long-winded way of saying i think you guys could be instrumental in making that conversation between publishers and content creators happen yeah i i will concede we we there are things that we can do to do that better uh you know i i think we we have we have talked about kudos we've talked about orchid ids we've talked about publons but that doesn't mean that everybody's heard us or they haven't heard us where we were talking about it. And, you know, what is that research that says that you have to repeat something? You have to hear something, what, 10 times or something? I don't know what the number is, but before it, sure. before it sinks in. So we've, we've just uh, got to keep saying it and saying it in different ways. But, um, uh, I mean, it's also smart in a way to do it slowly because the process is slow and iterative and you don't necessarily want 5,000 people asking for their orchid IDs to be put on their articles tomorrow um, or... We could handle it if they did it. <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. That was a bad example. But, um, you know, you, 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 do, you don't necessarily, we don't necessarily need a revolution, right? We just need... But we'd like for the evolution to speed up a little bit, maybe. At seg.org forward slash podcast, you will find the show notes and links to undersampled radio and where you can find Graham and Matt on the web. If you enjoy the show, review us on iTunes. Your review helps others find the show. Subscribe to Seismic Sound Off on the podcast app of your choice to receive the latest episodes first. Season 1 of Seismic Sound Off is sponsored by the SEG Wiki, home to hundreds of biographies of key geoscientists, geophysical tutorials, and core content from the science of applied geophysics. Visit wiki.seg.org to learn how you can grow the world's first online geophysics encyclopedia. 
Original music by Zach Bridges. Special thanks to Graham, Matt, and Isaac Farley for participating. This episode was produced by Isaac Farley and hosted, edited, and produced by me, Andrew Gary. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.